Welcome to the MILF Bod Podcast. Mindful, intuitive, lifestyle, fitness. An all-encompassing wellness resource for women featuring some of the most successful, influential mothers and experts out there. I'm your host, Cherokee Luker, mother, model, fitness trainer, and wellness enthusiast. Join me as we dive into all things MILF. Welcome back to another episode, guys. It's so good to be back after taking a week off to celebrate Hunter's second birthday. I still cannot believe that he's two years old, but we had such a great time at his party. The Trash Bash was a huge success, and I also want to wish all the fathers out there a happy belated Father's Day. I hope you all enjoyed your time with your little kiddos, and we are all just so thankful for all the fathers out there and all that you do for us. I'm so excited for today's episode because my guest today is living my absolute dream life, and it was such a pleasure to get to sit down and hear her story. I am joined by the lovely Dina DePompa, the owner of the Sundance Bus, Westerly USA, mother to two, wife, creative, and just all-around amazing human being. On this episode, we discuss Dina and her partner Chris's decision to buy a school bus and convert it into a home on wheels, and how this decision has changed the quality of their children's lives. We talk about living simply and minimally, Dina's goal of nurturing her children to be heart-centered people. We dive deep into the importance of fear clearance, not settling, and creating the life you desire. This episode is just as wholesome and heartwarming as Dina's content on Instagram, which you guys all have to go check out, just so you can get an inside look at her adorable family's adventures and a virtual tour of the bus, which is just so beautifully done and super impressive. Dina has so many beautiful takeaways, so get ready for another incredible episode of the MILF Bod podcast. Enjoy, everybody. All right, you guys, calling all creatives of LA or anyone traveling to the LA area in need of an event space, photo studio, content location, video space, production services, or grip services. Issue Studio is a unique photo, video, and event space, and Issue offers full-service production in an exclusive, intimate, and private boutique environment. The space is so beautifully curated, you guys, and I can't tell you how many shoots I've done at Issue that have turned out to be some of my favorite shoots to date. Not to mention a bunch of amazing events I've attended over the years where the studio gets completely transformed into the best atmosphere for the perfect party. Also, you guys, the wallpaper in the makeup room is absolutely iconic and it's perfect for the Instagram feed. So I highly recommend Issue Studio for any brand or any influencer looking to elevate their image. It is seriously the most beautiful studio I've ever shot at. And I've shot at a lot of studios here in LA and it's just so clean. It's centrally located. There's a huge parking lot, which is huge here in LA. So go check it out at issuephotostudio.com to find more details about how you can book this amazing space for your next photo shoot, 
video production, content creation, party, event, whatever it is that any of you creatives need here in LA, Issue Studio has got you. So go check it out. Okay, Dina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, you are in Bend currently. I know you guys have been traveling all around, so I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show because I am so excited to have you. I feel like you are just living my ultimate dream life. So this is more of like a selfish interview, honestly, because I just want to know how you've been able to accomplish this amazing life that you've curated for yourself and your family. And we don't know each other personally. I worked with your husband on a job who is a photographer. And then I started following him. And then I saw him post a bunch of like family content and what you guys were up to and all of your cool projects. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I got to follow this family. It's the coolest thing ever. (laughs) Thank you. I feel like Instagram's so good for connections of people that you may never have met before. It's a really special thing. It really is because it gives you an inside look on people's lives and it kind of almost makes you feel like you know someone without actually knowing them. Like, you know, this morning I was going through all of your content just to like do my research and I went way deep and I was like sitting at my kitchen table at like 6 a.m. this morning writing down questions that I wanted to ask you, just like bawling my eyes out because your content is just so wholesome and so beautiful. And I really appreciate all of the things that you put out into the world. Well, thank you for noticing us. That's really awesome. Yeah. So I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience, give us a little background story on where you're from, where you grew up and yeah, all the things. Yeah. Well, my name is Dina DePompa and my partner is Chris Chandler. We met both living in Los Angeles about five or six years ago. I was fit modeling at the time, working with clothing designers. And a lot of people get confused between when I say fit, they're like, oh, you're a fitness model. No, no, no. <laughs> no, fit modeling. Yeah, I do it as well. Were you with Breakwall West? No, actually... I started out with Rage Models and then I branched off and did my own thing. And I modeled. I modeled for almost 12 years in LA, working with small designers to Forever 21 to like, you know, I would fly over to Hong Kong and do some private labels over there. And it was a really great career for a very long time and afforded me a lot of interesting travel and lifestyle, very single lifestyle in LA, running around. Fit modeling can be pretty lucrative, actually. I mean, it's very consistent. Yeah. And that's why I kind of mentioned like the travel. I was like international traveling and making my own schedule. And I probably should have saved more money than I did. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I had so much fun. It was great. It was the way to do LA for sure. Yeah. Where are you from originally? So I'm I'm an LA native, born and raised this little town called Sun Valley, right outside of Burbank, California. Chris grew up in Orange County and kind of all over the East Coast, but he had been in LA being a photographer for a long time. That's how you guys met. And we met at a motorcycle rally. (laughs) Of course, you guys are the coolest couple ever. (laughs) Of course, you met at a motorcycle (laughs) rally. 
<laughs> we were both on dates at the time and just noticed each other. And he took a couple photos of me and it took a little while, but yeah, we never stopped talking. And then we were like, we're going to do life together because we're perfect for each other. <laughs> yeah. You guys seem absolutely perfect for each other. You seem like best friends. You can tell how in love you are with each other. It just like oozes from the screen. It's so beautiful. I really appreciate him being so emotionally available and not hiding his feelings. But yeah, we wear our heart on our sleeve. Both of us are very heart-centered people. And it trickles into our family and our business and our lifestyle. And one of the reasons why we're doing the lifestyle we're doing right now. Yeah, it shows so much. And it's so beautiful that you were able to find a partner that harnesses that same energy that you bring to the table. Because even just, you know, following you, it seems like you are just so innately, like very connected to your divine feminine and you're very spiritual and grounded. So have you kind of always been like that? Like, how were you raised? So I was raised by a chief of police father. Interesting. I was not expecting that. (laughs) Yeah. And a mom who was very involved and both of my parents were actually very involved in our bringing up. However, there was a very stoicness to my father. And my mom is just, she's wonderful. She's like kind of happy-go-lucky, very bubbly. Like she's one of the most friendly people you'll ever meet. And so I was raised in a Christian home at a Christian school. I begged my family, which That's like my background. I begged my family to go to a public school in high school. So I transferred just to be with my friends and to play softball. And softball was a huge part of my bringing up. My dad was my coach in club ball. He ended up helping me a scholarship to go to University of Hawaii. (laughs) So I was played University of Hawaii. It's a D1, the main college on Oahu. Yeah, I went to University of Hawaii too. Did you really? Yes. We have a lot of weird, similar connections. Yeah. But not the campus on Oahu, the one on Big Island. Oh, wonderful. And so I I, I feel like Hawaii definitely opened me up spiritually, but I still had like very ingrained programming from my childhood. Not bad. Great values. It just was a little, I would say, tunnel visioned and a little bit more fear-led rather than love-led. Right. And I know my parents loved me and did the best they could, and they did a wonderful job. But I would say that it took me a while to stop trying to be a people pleaser, a parent pleaser, do well in sports because that's what was asked of me, do well in school. And it took me a while. I left Hawaii in my third year, and I had a four and a half, five-year scholarship. I left early and I left with half of the team. We kind of disbanded for multiple reasons, but the main reason being problems with the coach, moral problems. And so I asked my parents, I was like, I just want to stay in Hawaii. Like, can I please stay in Hawaii? And they really kind of said, you know what? No, like it's expensive without your scholarship. You got to come home, finish up your schooling at home. And I was a kinesiology major. And they had a great kinesiology program. Me too. <laughs> we have so many really? similarities. Yes. I love it. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the whole reason I'm telling this story is that is what led me into 
Number one, fit modeling. And number two, I became a yoga instructor. Amazing. I got certified with Bikram in Acapulco. And it was the hardest and best experience of my life. I bet. Physically, spiritually, mentally. You aren't allowed to have cell phones in training, but they also said like to get the most out of this training, it was three months long. Leave your phone, check in with your family if you need to, but like really try to have an open heart, open mind and use this time to really heal, evolve and find peace within without anyone's judgment or opinions. So I really took that to heart. I did a blog and a journal and I really found that I love all religions and that I don't believe that there is one religion that's correct and that anyone else's God is different than my God. I really became a more of a spiritual person through that experience. That's great. Yeah. So you kind of had like a not come to Jesus moment, yeah. but essentially you were just like an aha moment of breaking through that like spirituality and being able to be really present, I think can open your eyes and your mind to so many different things. And I'm so glad that you shared that story because that makes a lot of sense. And I always like asking people about their upbringing and like how their parents raised them because I just feel like it's so influential on how we raise our children and we take away some of the things that we liked and some of the things that we didn't like. And so I can relate to you a lot um, when you say that your parents were very fear-based. I think maybe it's a generational thing. So I took that and now I'm leading more with love. So I can relate a lot to your story. So then you and Chris met and you got pregnant. How soon after? I think it was a year and a half. I'll probably say it was less, but it was about a year (laughs) and a half. And your older son's name is? Coulter. I love that. That's such a cool name. We call him Colt. Yeah. He's awesome. We really are both challenged by him because he's very organized at four years old. And he's Capricorn and he likes things the way he likes things. And I'm pretty sure Chris and I are going to drive him absolutely mad throughout his whole life. (laughs) Yeah, because you guys are very free spirited. Yeah, (laughs) we're creatives. We're like finding creation in the chaos and Coulter is a little OCD. So (laughs) that's so funny how they just develop their own little personalities and their own little quirks. And it's like by now he's his own little human. I thought he was older, honestly. So you have Coulter and then you have your daughter. Cody. Yes. Oh my gosh. They are so cute together. That's the one video that I started bawling my eyes out. You posted a video of them sitting together. And I think Coulter gave her a bracelet and it was just, oh my gosh, I couldn't, I couldn't. And I started my period this morning too. So I'm like an emotional. (laughs) That was me last week. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. I would love to talk about so many things. Let's dive into first you and Chris's projects. Like, because first I think you guys converted a field and stream, right? Yeah. And then you went and did the school bus. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that. During my pregnancy with Coulter, we were living in Shadow Hills on a home, little ranch house that overlooked Burbank. And um, we really just needed a project to do together to kind of like 
keep our minds going when we weren't working. And both of us kind of make our own schedules and we're not, we have days where we're just sitting there. So we bought a 1958 Field and Stream Can Ham. We gutted it. We did the interior, the exterior, we painted it. It was very cute. We actually sold it to a friend. We took it on a little tour through New Mexico. We went up to Taos. We went through Arizona and we just did a little Southwest tour. And then we're like, okay, like next thing. And so, yeah, we sold that. And then we ended up moving to Montana in the beginning of the pandemic for multiple reasons. But I think we just kind of wanted to like hide out. (laughs) Yeah. In LA, we had chickens and goats and stuff. And so we knew we liked that lifestyle already. And so we just thought we'd take it a step further. And so I found an old sheep farm in Montana in the Bitterroot Valley. And yeah, we gardened and we raised some animals and you know, the pandemic lasted quite a while. It was like a good three and a half years. So we were doing that together. And um, when the time came to like say, okay, do we want to live here for the rest of our lives and make this home? Or do we feel a little bit isolated? And are we the type of people that just need more human connection? And all of our friends back in LA and, you know, California. And so um, we both decided that as much as we love the ranching lifestyle, we more so needed connection. Yeah. So I just threw it out there one morning, like <laughs> over coffee. I was like, well, what about a school bus? And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, people are doing this. It's called a schoolie. Like, this is what it looks yeah. like. And I turned on YouTube on our TV and we went through some videos. And then it was like five days later of like, 500 videos deep and he was searching online for a school bus obsessed obsessed <laughs> oh my gosh that's so cool <laughs> so when you guys first bought the field and stream you had no intention of buying a school bus and converting it into no so it that was just like a side project and like a passion project yeah and and we knew like when we were going to have a baby so chris and i really love the outdoors. We basically fell in love backpacking. Our Aww. first trip was a motorcycle ride across the country of France. We started in Nice and ended in Toulouse. The second trip was a waterfall chasing trip in the Jeep, backpacking in and out of the Grand Canyon, all over Havasupai. We did it all. It was 200 miles of backpacking. And it was one of the best experiences of both of our lives. And so we knew we couldn't do that with kids. And so we thought, okay, well, what's the next best thing? And we're like, well, if we have a little home behind our Jeep, then we can at least have that area to nap him and to nurse and to escape the heat and, you know, have some type of home and still go camping and adventuring. Oh, I'm so jealous. I want this life so badly. So walk me through what the conversion was like, like from buying the school bus to doing all of the work and gutting it all and creating your home from that. Like, what did that process look like? It took a full year. And honestly, that's pretty quick compared to That's really quick. It was because of our schedules. Um, 
I now do an online shop. Yeah, Westerly. Mainly vintage and jewelry. Yeah. And so I, I work from home and Chris just like flies out to do photo shoots and stuff. So he was around a lot and he had the time to do it. And he had also the desire. He's really good with his hands. He's He loves a puzzle and the school of YouTube because you watch people make mistakes and then you pick and choose what you want to do with like how each person did something. And usually they put links of where to buy the stuff. So we literally just started like Amazoning things to our house, going to Home Depot, getting the stuff together. And he went out there every day. I watched the kids and he knocked it out in a year. Wow. And he did some really cool things in our bus that makes it a little different. He raised the roof 16 inches. So oh, he cut amazing. the bus in half, raised it. And then he added a loft in the front and that's where Coulter sleeps. Yeah. And we have a full kitchen. It's beautiful. It's very aesthetically pleasing. It's really calming inside. It is. So he does all like the manual labor, but I saw you too. You also help with some of the manual labor, but then you do the interiors, right? Yeah. I'm very particular, I would say, with my my vision. And I really wanted it to feel very calming and relaxing. And I wanted to bring texture. I want to make things feel soft. I wanted to make things feel like you could dirty them up and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So I used a lot of denim and I used a lot of reclaimed things and it's homey. It feels really good in here. Yeah. I did the whole virtual tour and it looks absolutely amazing. So hats off to you guys. I mean, even just like the cool fridge that pulls out from the wall, that's like so impressive. And then the how you lift up the countertop and the stove is underneath. And it's just so beautiful inside too. I love the bathroom door behind you. You know, you can tell that you did all of the styling and designing on the inside. It's very much your style, which I love. (laughs) So how long have you guys been on the road now in the schoolie? Only a little over two months. And how has it been? I honestly have no complaints. I was nervous about the space being small. I was nervous about having two big dogs and two crazy kids. But honestly, like I've noticed a few different things. One, our kids and our dogs are like smiling all of the time. Maybe it's because it's exciting every day and we're pulling up to new places and they get to go run and jump in the lake, jump in a river, climb a mountain smell the trees and the flowers. Like it's just, there's a lot of stimulus going on, but I feel like it's the right kind of stimulus rather than unfortunately during the winter while we were finishing up the bus build, I used iPads a lot. I used TV a lot and I feel terrible about it. I have so much mom guilt about that. Don't. But it was one of those things where we had a time limit We knew we needed to finish the bus by a certain amount of time. And it took a lot of energy from both of us. And I was kind of doing multiple things. I was running my business, watching the kids and trying to get the bus done. And so it was just a lot. And I felt like the kids watched too much television at that time in their life. And so now it's like a complete contrast, 180 (laughs) degree difference. Yeah. And they're just really happy 
and the space works great. And we have this huge farm sink that I bathe them in and they take baths together. And oh, that's so uh, cute. we play music in the morning and dance in front of these gold mirrors. And we're like on top of each other, but almost like now if we're not on top of each other, it feels weird. Right. Like you miss it. Oh, yeah. It's blowing my mind. Like, to be honest, like both of us are nervous that we might not want to stop doing this type of lifestyle. That's okay. Even if you choose to, like, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, you are creating the most incredible memories for your children. Like they are going to look back on this and be so grateful one day. And I'm sure they already are. You know, like you said, they wake up with a smile on their faces. I mean, it's so beautiful to see. And it's definitely a different type of lifestyle, especially nowadays with today's society. And I just commend both of you guys for leading this by example, because I think that it's really hard for people to step away from like material things and downsize and simplify and live a minimalist lifestyle. So has that been a challenge a little bit, like living the minimalist lifestyle? It really was in the beginning. Moving from LA to Montana, I had tons of yard sales and I thought I had done so much then. And then moving from the Montana ranch into my parents' basement was a whole nother like reduction of things. And then yeah. <laughs> like getting ready to move from the basement into the bus, I was like, how do we still have this much stuff? Like Chris and I are both collectors. We do like our little knickknacks and things, but you really have to take a step back and really think about, do I need this? Will I miss it? Is it taking up too much space in my life to where I don't have space for the really important things? And I noticed that as soon as I was able to really cut back, and I'm talking like get rid of some of the dresses I've been holding on to from my fit modeling days for 10 years because in the chance and the hope that I'm ever going to wear it again or like my fitting high heels, you know, and like just things that like I just kept because I had some kind of emotional or what I thought was an emotional attachment to them. Breaking away from that, and living this kind of lifestyle where everything's kind of functional and we and we do we like this jacket for example this is one of my favorite things and i probably don't wear it enough but i have it with me and i just have a couple of those types of things with me yeah it's good to have those staple pieces that you love and adore yeah i'm not saying get rid of everything and just you know right. not love your closet or love your clothes but just really decide that the things that you have are going to be the things that you love and you're most likely going to wear them more than you would if they just sat in your closet in a collection or pile of 500 things. Yeah. It was tough. It's really tough to do that because you do, you think you have this like emotional attachment to these certain material things or you've created memories in them or something like that and you don't want to let it go. But it's weird for me. It's like the older I get, the easier it becomes to kind of declutter my life because I think it just creates less noise and distraction and it, it makes me feel good to like get rid of things. And I love what you said. You said this in a video. I think you're like constantly editing your life. Oh, yeah. And that's such a good way to put it. So like logistically, where do you guys store all of your things in the bus? Well, 
in the bus, we have a king bed in the back and it lifts up on actuators and the bed frame, Chris built like 10 inches in height in the bed frame. And so the entire bed frame is clothing, diapers, wow, (laughs) air stuff, bigger jackets for, you know, when we get weather, the under the bed's a big one. We have an entire kitchen that has big drawers. I don't know if you can see, but if I put it this way, we have those three cabinets up there and each of us have, I should say the kids share one and then Chris and I have one, but it's really for our techie stuff, our computers, our work stuff. Um, And then I have a big box underneath the bus that's attached to the chassis that Mm -hmm. has my sewing machine, my hides, my leather, my jewelry, all the things that I need to get to when I'm working. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You really have to be super efficient with your space. (laughs) You really do. And like I did put a few things in storage at my parents' house, like a a set of vintage wine glasses that I didn't want to get rid of that were special to me. You know, things like that. Some of his tools that he knew he wouldn't be able to find again, you know, things that are made so well back in the day. And that's why I do vintage. That's why I love vintage so much. There's some quality things that you really can't buy again. Don't get yeah. rid of it. Put it in storage. Hopefully your storage unit isn't expensive, <laughs> but some things are worth keeping. For sure. Yeah. So you guys are having, it's called Tiny Houses, right? That YouTube channel yeah. that's coming and touring yeah. the bus. Is yeah. that happening next week? Yeah. So that happens the following week on Wednesday. So that should be really exciting and it'll be a good video for the YouTube channel we're starting. <laughs> mm-hmm. So cool. And I love that you guys call it the Sundance bus. Thank you. I love that. Do you have a favorite memory that you guys have created as a family since starting this adventure? Mm, let's see. Or like a favorite place that you guys have been or what sticks out in my mind already and it's there's it's only been you know a couple months is um i don't want to like give it away but i have to it's called oswald state park on the central coast of oregon and there's tide pools you come through a hike uh, like an old growth tree forest it's beautiful very mossy kind of looks like a rainforest beautiful you walk this hike down to the beach and to the left when you come out it's a cove to the left there's tide pools to the right there's a waterfall and then the beach there's tons of surfers and it's like miles of sand one of the most beautifully outrageously gorgeous places I've ever seen wow and I'm sure the kids absolutely loved it and the dogs the dogs the kids got naked just ran (laughs) so fun Yeah, it was great. I want to be your kids. (laughs) Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about motherhood too, because you had two home births, right? Both of your children were born at home. Right. So yeah. How were your pregnancies? How were your births? Tell me about that. I had really beautiful pregnancies. The second one I had... A little bit of nausea, like almost the whole time, but... It's like, it's funny because you forget about those things. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because you're in the moment creating these amazing memories with your kids and you just, you don't remember. You don't remember that kind of stuff. But I always knew 
somehow I always knew that the alternative was not for me. I knew that I didn't want a medicated birth. I knew I didn't want to be in a hospital just for the feeling. I didn't want to feel like it was like a medical situation. I wanted it to feel natural. And I don't know, maybe it was, you know, something from my ancestors or something inside of me just knew and told, like, I literally heard the words, like, you know how to do this. Your body knows how to do this. There's nothing to fear. And it's hard because society and TV media, all you see is the really scary, really dramatic births. Yeah. All the fear-based stuff. It's so unfortunate because women, well, they get programmed to believe that it's something to be afraid of. It's something to be nervous about, have anxiety about, stress over, and also predict or manifest that it's going to be really painful. Right. So if we can help women see that beautiful, peaceful births, calm births, can be normal. We can normalize it for each other and include each other in our births and talk about it, you know? Yeah. Because most of us, they never see a birth. I never was around birth. I was always in a waiting room or like behind the glass after the baby was born and I got to come in and see the baby. But I've never seen birth. And, you know, places like Bali and third world countries, when you hit 15, 16 years old as a woman, as a girl, you've already seen your aunties, your sisters, your mom, you've seen people give birth. Yep. It's very normalized. Yeah. So I was determined. (laughs) Coulter was a beautiful home birth in Shadow Hills. Gorgeous setting. Chris was my birth partner. His sister is a doula. So she doula for me. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I had a few midwives there, like hanging out, sleeping. I had him at 4 a.m. in a birth pool. I still now listen to that playlist and it just means so much. It's so special. That sounds magical. Very similar to mine too. That's the one thing that I'm so mad at myself though that I didn't do was I didn't create a playlist for my home birth. And I'm like, how did I not do that? I mean, we had music playing, but I didn't like curate a specific playlist. So next time, I'm going to make sure that I do that. (laughs) There's going to be a next time. I love it. There is going to be a next time for sure. Probably sometime soon. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. And I love that you are spreading this message. And that's what I want to spread on this podcast too, is that, you know, we can come together as women and we don't have to listen to society when it comes to this narrative that they've created around birth. And we don't have to be afraid because it's literally what we're put on this earth to do as women. And it's so innately in us to just know what to do, to be able to follow our intuition. And it's kind of a cliche, but like mother's intuition, it truly knows best. We really do. And that's so great that you're able to just tap in and listen to that. And you're able to have two beautiful home births. Gosh, I, I and I'm blessed. Like they were both really... I don't want to use the word easy because it was hard. I studied, I prepped, I took hours and hours of listening to other birth stories, positive birth stories, Mm -hmm. podcasts, birth courses online, affirmations. Like, let's not get it wrong. Like, your body knows what to do, but guess what gets in the way? 
Your mind. Your mind. Yeah. Your mind. And if you can lead with your heart, number one, that's how you follow your intuition. All of your thoughts need to come from your heart first yeah. instead of your brain. Because your brain will tell you, oh, no, this doesn't feel good. Let's stop. Yeah. Nope, nope. And so I prepped. I prepped a lot. And I had a great support team. And I also kind of looked at it like, a, I mean, you know, I have a sports background. I looked at it like the Super Bowl, like my big game was coming yes. up. And yes. in order to prep for that, what would I normally do? I'd be right. in the gym every morning. I would be eating well. I would be listening to my body. I would have that connection, mind, spirit, body, you know, really get your head right. Fear clearance. And there's a lady online that does fear clearance for birth, Susie Ashworth. Okay. Okay. That's a good um, Her podcast, resource. it is no longer running, but the podcast is online. It's okay. called Fear Free Childbirth. Oh, amazing. Okay, I'll have to check it out. I got so much from that and the fear clearance. If you can remove fear, then I feel like you're opening yourself up for so many good things. You just have to get rid of the fear. Right, yeah. It always wants to take over, but if you're able to just quiet that voice in your head, you can accomplish really anything. I agree. All right, my MILF fam, as you all know, I'm always looking for ways to aid in becoming the most optimal version of myself mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And one of the things I do to support myself in doing this is by taking my vitamins every single day. And I know it can be overwhelming sometimes with all of the supplement brands out there, but one brand that I've been a huge fan of for years now is Wealthy. Two products I absolutely love by them is the Her and the Sweat. And they just recently sent me the Vision Gummies, which I am so excited to try and see the results from. Get it? See the results from the Vision Gummies? Which I think is so cool that they are pioneering advocacy for vision health because, you know, we're always looking at our screens every day. And it's something that I think a lot of people just put on the back burner and dismiss. But the Her is a great way for women to get their daily dose of biotin, vitamins A, B, C, D, E, calcium, hyaluronic acid, magnesium, and selenium. Just all of the great things that us women need and are probably lacking and it's all in one. And then the sweat is something I like to take before a workout to just help enhance my burn with the natural caffeine. And there's also dandelion root in there to help with my metabolism and digestion. The quality of these supplements are just next level. And I'm telling you, you have to go check them out. If you use the code MILFBOD, you get 25% off your first order when you go check out at imwealthy.com. That's code MILFBOD, M-I-L-F-B-O-D at checkout at imwealthy, I-M-W-E-L-L-T-H-Y.com to get 25% off your first order. Enjoy, everybody. I noticed in one of your photos, there's like a photo of you during labor and you're like smiling in the birthing tub. And I love that photo so much because <laughs> I know that people have 
talked about having like an orgasmic birth or kind of like a euphoric birth. Were you able to experience that? Or was that just like a rare moment where you were just... Oh, no. I wanted to. Right. (laughs) I wanted to. I even think I listened to one of the books, Orgasmic Birth, on audiobooks. Mm -hmm. They weren't. But I will say that it is such an earthquake of a feeling inside your body that there is a euphoric experience, especially right after. It's almost like you're being birthed as you're birthing your child. Exactly. These two worlds are colliding. And Mm -hmm. when that baby comes out, there is nothing in the world that anyone can say feels like that. That is something so powerful and so life-changing. You'll never be the same person after you give birth and you are there to be present and feel it. That's important. If you're present and you feel what is happening and you are in that moment, no one can ever take that away from you. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, and that's one thing that I reminded myself of during those two births, especially the first one was... I'm a woman that gets the opportunity to do this. Right. And so don't take that for granted because there's so many women that can't or can't have babies or, you know, want to, but don't. And don't take it for granted that you have this opportunity to experience this beautiful thing. Right. Yeah. So changing the dialogue a little bit from saying, I have to have this baby to, I get to have this baby because it is, it's such a blessing that so many women don't get to experience, unfortunately, due to lots of different circumstances. But I agree. I think that that's very important to channel. So now that Coulter is getting a little bit older, what are you guys thinking about doing for schooling for him? So this has been something that, I mean, everybody brings up to us and we've been thinking about a lot. He's four. And so we've Mm -hmm. started some like highlights magazine has a great thing for kids and um, we have flashcards and stuff. So we've been doing the preschool stuff in the bus, but you know, I have so many good friends that live in California that aren't sure that they want to put their kids in public school. Yeah. And they're not sure they want to pay for private school. So a lot of my friends in California are creating these parenting co-ops where they get teachers involved that maybe lost their jobs or aren't teaching any longer that want to be a part of it. And they're creating these really beautiful You call them homeschooling, but it's not really... It's like a pod. Yeah, it's something different. And so I'm totally open to that. I have friends, really, really close friends that they've got teenagers, they've got middle schoolers, and I think he just left elementary. So they've been doing it now for the last four years. And she's an amazing mother who is like just killing it. Wow. Um, in the homeschooling world. And she's like, yeah, if you want to do sports, like you can go through the parks and rec, you can do clubs and you, you know, they get credits and such. And people are figuring it out. I'm willing to do that. I don't know if I'm willing to be the teacher, but <laughs> yeah, that's a huge on taking. And I run a business. So, you know, it would be really tough, but I'm open to new things. And I'm also open to, you know, Chris worked for it's called XQ and it's he's been working for them for the last like five or six years and that's uh Lorraine Jobs, Steve Jobs' wife. She's been 
doing this nonprofit where they're rethinking high schools and they're making super schools across the nation. And they're trying to get us caught up and they're trying to change the high school narrative. And it's great. And so if that could continue, if, if things could change a little bit, I would be completely open to that. It just depends on where we end up. Yeah. We both think it's probably California, but we don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of cool that you don't know. It's exciting. So as far as like finances and working, you work from home and Chris, does he just get booked on jobs ahead of time? And then you guys kind of plan your schedule around that, like your traveling schedule? Yeah. I mean, we could be pretty much anywhere and know that there's an airport near. Right. Exactly. So we're, we're towing my Jeep behind us. Right. And so he can literally set me up at a nice campsite, like a KOA or something, and then just take off for the airport, be gone for a few days and then come back. So there's flexibility there, but yeah, I work from the bus. (laughs) So cool. So your brand is called Westerly, right? Yeah. What would you call it? Is it a brand or is it like a storefront or how, how would you describe it? I'm creating it to be a brand. I started out as a storefront, a vintage shop. And now I'm doing a lot of um, jewelry. Everything that I'm designing is vintage inspired and doing my own jewelry line, a unisex jewelry line. And, you know, leather boutique, I sew. So I do a lot of bags and I use all natural fabrics like leather and sheepskin and furs and all stuff that's reclaimed. I love it. I couldn't be happier. And so the idea is to grow that while we're on the road as much as possible. So cool. Okay, let's dive into the acronym MILF. What do you do to stay mindful? Okay, so I would say it's in a few different aspects of my life, but I really try to create with intention. So when I'm cooking dinner, I'm really like, interested in where the food comes from. I used to grow when we had a home, I grew all my own food. So growing and raising your food and being really mindful of where it came from, what's going into your mouth. When I'm doing my business, I'm really cautious and really interested in where the materials came from, how I can use them in a way that honors them. Like I use a lot of animal products like leather and things like that. And I'm not interested in new leather. I'm not interested in new fur. I really want to honor the things that maybe might be thrown into, you know, the landfill and bringing new life to those things, honoring it. That's kind of why I love vintage so much because you can take something old, maybe reclaim it, fix it up, add a spin to it. And then that person, hopefully that buys, it's going to reuse it for years to come because it's quality. Yeah. And it already has a story to it, which is so cool. That's the other cool part. And then in my daily life, I'm really a big fan of a couple different books and podcasts. And I really try to have a few minutes every day to tap into myself. It's been really hard to get to a yoga class. That's like where I find so much peace and calmness. So I've been trying to do a lot of that on my own right now as a mom who has two young kids on the road, even before I was on the road, when we were living in Montana, that wasn't really an option to get and go to yoga because there wasn't really any nannies or anything around. And so I have to do a lot of that on my own. 
And it's hard sometimes because the kids are, you know, demanding, but you find time. Yeah, you make it work. What are some of the books and podcasts that you like? My favorite book right now is, um, I'll think of it in a second, but the podcast, the podcast is With Love by Danielle Laporte. Oh yeah. Okay. I saw you post about it. I have to start listening to that. She's amazing. It's all about the heart, heart heart-centered living, heart-centered thoughts, manifesting, clearing out old fears, old blockages. Her worldview is that everyone deserves to be happy and it should be a world where everyone can be happy. And what does that look like? And what does it look like to teach our kids to grow up wanting a job or a life where they are actually contributing to a world that's everyone has the same opportunities and that can be happy. Oh, that's a great message. And it's such a simple message too. Next, how do you listen to your intuition? I know we kind of already touched base on this a little bit, but like on a daily basis, are there things that you're doing to tap into your intuition? I think you mentioned just like listening to your heart rather than your your mind. Yeah. Well, that's a big one. Really kind of using your heart as a filter and running things through it before you just make a quick response yeah. or a quick you know, reaction. And I think also instead of being reactionary, I working on that still, I'm a work in progress. Like I I do not have the answers, but I know what I uh, try to achieve and what I really want to achieve. And that's like just becoming more heart centered and, and showing my kids that there's so much programming going on and choosing your identity and feeling like you have to have an opinion about everything and being polarized. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if they just have a good, strong heart that they can learn to use, you know, the heart frequency is 60 times more powerful than your brain. So if you really think about it, we all have the ability to use our hearts and to use it as a filter. I didn't know that. So learning to use their heart and, you know, positive thoughts create positive thoughts. And it's, you know, a chain reaction. And if you have all these good things coming out of you, it's really hard to have space for fear and negativity and seeing each other as scary or opposites or being afraid of someone because they're different than you. And if you lead with your heart, how can you go wrong? And so that's what I want to teach the kids. That's what this is kind of about. It's about desiring more desiring higher, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, don't be afraid to desire what you want. Don't be afraid to go after what you want. You deserve it. And I don't care if, you know, people say, I don't, I don't deserve this or that. And it's like, well, do you do, you do because you're a loving being on this earth and we all deserve it. We deserve to be happy. Wow. That's such a good reminder for everyone. What are some of your lifestyle non-negotiables? I know this is probably tough because especially being on the road, I can imagine you don't have very much space and time to yourself, right? I mean, maybe I could be wrong, but. No, it's true. You know, Chris and I just really didn't want, we didn't want a normal life. We didn't want to ever settle. We didn't want to be okay with a life that we just were okay with. Right. Settling. Yeah. We both really wanted and want 
excitement, experience. We don't ever want to look at each other sitting down at the end of the day, watching Netflix, and then, you know, looking forward to going and having drinks on the weekend. Some people do. That's fine. For us, it wasn't enough. And that just wasn't okay. And we did this for a while. At the end there of the pandemic, we were both watching a lot of Netflix and sitting on the couch and looking forward to, you know, drinks with friends on the weekends. And honestly, it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't filling our cup. Felt like something was missing. And um, we just wanted more. So to answer your question, I think it's settling. And I think that for us, we're just kind of rebellious together. And we really (laughs) enjoy being rebellious together and living a life that we make the rules. Of course, you know, we're going to follow laws and stuff, but we make the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we make our own happiness. We create opportunity. We create possibilities for our kids and for our life. And if we're not doing that, then what are we here for? Exactly. So just living life to the fullest for us would be the only negotiable is to not settle. I love that. That's something that no one has ever said before. And I think that it's so important for people to remind themselves to not settle because it can be easy sometimes and you can be influenced very easily to want to settle or to just feel like you're stuck in some sort of way, but you don't have to be. And I love that you said that you guys are just making your own rules. That's awesome. What does your fitness routine look like? Right now, it's some YouTube, mm-hmm. <laughs> YouTube yoga classes, and just like kind of doing my own. I mean, I, I was a teacher for a long time, but just kind of doing my own yoga. What does my fitness routine look like in my perfect world? It's going to hot yoga, Bikram yoga, but we're hiking a lot. So yeah, we're very, very active as far as a family is. We are constantly outside. And I was going to say too, just like picking up the kids, holding the kids. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, so, it's so underrated never been how good of a workout it is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, right now it's it's a lot of outdoors stuff, hiking, kayaking, paddle boarding, holding the kids, swimming, oh, all the um, best and then doing things. yoga on, on the side. Chris built me a yoga deck on top of the bus. Stop. So like I can go up there during sunset and just do like a flow. That is amazing. And then have my glass of wine. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys are literally living my dream life. I love it. It's so inspiring. That's so cool. The last question I ask everyone at the end of every episode is if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? That you're going to make mistakes. It's inevitable, but just know that you're going to come out okay and that you can learn from your mistakes and that it's important to have mistakes so that you can create who you need to be as a mom, as, you know, a person. And we need to learn these lessons so that we actually have evolution while we're here on this planet. Our souls are just yearning to evolve and to continue to evolve and then to find peace. And I think that's my biggest fear is to not get to where I need to be at the end of this life. And I know that there's some big things I know that my soul needs to get through. And I've already gone through a lot. I've gone through 
a divorce. I've gone through like some major life things. And I think I was just so afraid that I wouldn't learn from it or that it wasn't purposeful. And it absolutely was. And it has definitely helped create who I am today. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. We can always learn a lesson from our mistakes. And I think it's a hard mindset to have while you're in it, but to remember that and to look back on and pull from your mistakes, it's very important and it builds character and it builds who we are. So yeah, that's the beautiful one. Okay, my love. Well, where can everyone find you and connect with you and follow your family's adventures and all the things? Okay, so Instagram is probably the best way. We're at Sundance Bus. And then my business profile is at Westerly USA. Perfect. And you guys are starting a YouTube channel too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you can find that link on Instagram. Very exciting. Well, oh my gosh. I appreciate you so much for being here today. I admire you and your whole family and just (laughs) everything that you guys are doing is so cool. You guys definitely have to follow along on all their adventures. Check out Westerly USA. It has some really cool pieces. I mean, thank you so cool how you have curated it. It's like amazing. How do you find those pieces? It's a lot of legwork. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Like just everywhere we go, I've got to kind of be like, okay, is there a thrift shop? Is there an antique store? Is there a garage sale? (laughs) And usually down in the bus, Chris just opens up the door and I run out and then he drives around the block (laughs) and picks me up. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) you guys are just the coolest family ever. And I wish you all the best on all of your future endeavors and your adventures. And I can't wait to continue following along. Thank you so much. You're just amazing. And I'm so glad I got to meet you and hang out with you. Yeah. Well, next time you guys are in the area, hopefully we can have the kiddos meet and that would be great. Yeah. Do something fun. That'd be awesome. Okay, babe. Well, we will talk very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening to the show. I hope you gained some insight on how to practice becoming more mindful, learn the importance of listening to your intuition, gained some lifestyle takeaways and fitness tips. You can find me on Instagram at Cherokee Luker and the podcast at MILFBODPOD. So make sure you follow me to access exclusive content to help you become a better you, a better mother, and a better human. Talk to you guys next week about all things MILF.